Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Anti-Bullying 101. This podcast is designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host. I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as they battle the bullying epidemic. Enjoyed the podcast, everybody. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. My name is Jim Burns, and we're here to talk to you about bullying. And we're also going to discuss a variety of other topics. Bullying is the big one, but right now many people are experiencing a host of other problems. Domestic violence, workplace bullying, cyberbullying, you name it, community, family bullying, And you know, often when I speak with people, I discover that they seem to be having trouble with the people that are closest to them in their lives, like their parents or their siblings, and people become very angry and bitter. And they just don't realize that there's a choice that they can make, and it's just as easy to develop love, joy, peace, and patience as it is to be angry and bitter and vengeful. Now, this podcast is designed for anyone who wants to have a fuller, more vibrant life and to offer some ideas on how to balance the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual areas of their life. But, you know, nonetheless, we're anti-bullying 101. So it's truly my hope that we can help everyone live life without the fear of harassment, intimidation, and bullying. And, you know, life is nothing more than a bunch of puzzle pieces that all seem to fit together at some point, but usually the pieces fit together much later in life. And if you're a young person 
you're going to discover that you're always looking for a piece of a puzzle. You're always looking for something that will fit. You're either trying to fit in or someone's trying to fit into your life or you're looking for an opportunity. You're looking for something. You're hoping you get a better grade. If I could only get this bike, this car, this friendship, if I could only get an A, if I could, we're always looking for pieces. If I could only look better, if I could only feel better, if I could only run faster, if I could only read better, write better. And we grow up envying a lot of different th people in our lives and people who have other skills than the ones that we have as a young person. And what begins to happen is we can lose sight of some of the more positive things that are part of our own life. Because we're always looking outside of ourselves, we're always looking for the extrinsic rather than, focus, rather than focusing on the intrinsic, the good stuff that's happening to us. Now, there's an interesting piece that happens here. The puzzle pieces don't all really fall into place until we're much older. And there was an old expression many years ago, and that was, the older I got, the smarter my parents appeared to be. Because your parents have offered you advice, they've given you direction. I mean, I'll say this right now. Even bad parents have done some things right. And when you think about some of the things that your parents said and did to you over the course of many years, and you think about the direction that they tried to impart and gave, give you an arrow or a finger in one direction or another, you probably didn't want to listen when you were younger. You probably actually thought that your mother or your father may have had like screws loose because you didn't think they knew what they were talking about. And yet they did. And it doesn't matter how they communicated it to you. They could have yelled at you. They could have forced you. They could have basically told you that this is what you need to do. They could have stopped talking to you when you didn't do what they wanted you to do. There's many things that parents do and say to their children that their kids will never realize 
how important the advice was that they got and how important it was for them to follow through on some of the advice. You got to remember something here. Your parents, my parents, myself, and my own children, we're all cut from the same cloth, and our DNA is rather similar. So if I struggled with something over the course of many years, I could only hope that my children would listen to me so that they don't have to struggle, and that's the reason why I'm offering them the advice so they don't have to struggle. But when we're kids, we don't see it. But as we get older, we begin to see it, and the pieces of the puzzle that we needed start to fall into place, and it was based on the information that we received from our parents maybe 30, 40, or 50 years ago. Life's puzzle pieces fall into place when we get older. And as we get older, oftentimes we're hoping that the last piece doesn't fall in too soon because that last piece might mean our last breath. But when we're younger, we're struggling continuously to try and find those puzzle pieces. Now, from my perspective, the pieces that I wanted, I was always rather athletic but I wanted to be more athletic. I slimmed down when I was younger through the, with the help of Weight Watchers and other things. I wanted to run faster. I wanted to be a better baseball player. A lot of things I wanted. And as I grew older, and by that I mean college, I wanted to look good, but it was hard for me to look good. You know why? Because I like to eat too many things that were just not good for me. And of course, you'd go on a diet and you'd lose weight and you'd look a little better. Then all of a sudden, you'd get stressed out and you'd start eating again. And over the course of many years, my father had given me a lot of advice when it came down to diet. And I'm going to read an essay to you that I wrote some, oh, 10 or 12 years ago about my father and some of the things that he told me that I didn't listen to, but the pieces fell into place 40 years later. And I'm going to spend some time with you reading this essay. And the title of the essay is Bare Feet and White Flower. 
Now, have you ever wondered why your parents did some of the things that they did? I did lots of times. My dad had so many regimented activities that I thought he had a screw loose or something. I'm only going to talk about two or three here because, well, there's just too many to put into one essay. I really spent time observing my dad as a kid and listening to him. It wasn't until I was about 40 that I realized some of the benefits of his behavior and very recently some of the real benefits of his behavior. My dad had an unbelievable fear of getting a cold. He came home from World War II with malaria and tuberculosis, and he was always cautious of sharing food, towels, cups, and silverware, and any watermark on silverware in a restaurant was sent back immediately. I remember one time in a restaurant in New York, a fork, went, a fork went back three times. Some people send food back. He sent the silverware back. And it got so bad that one guy sitting close to us told my dad that he thought that the waitress was on candid camera. If you sneezed, you were accused of trying to bring a cold into the house to try and kill him. He was hospitalized on December 27, 1967 due to a recurrence of tuberculosis and was sent to the infirmary at the Veterans Hospital in East Orange, New Jersey for three months. When he was released from the hospital, anything and everything could give him a cold. Two things were absolute, cold feet and white flour. I never saw my father walk around without slippers on. He wouldn't walk three feet without putting those slippers or shoes on. If you sneezed, he would always ask you what you ate. My sister and my mother and I thought he was crazy. Bare feet and white flour would make you sick, and if you got sick, well, as he put it, if I get a cold, I'm finished. All these things I, obs I observed really stuck with me. When I was about 40 years old, I started to battle my weight, always watching my calories and trying to stay in shape. The Atkins diet started to become very popular along with other diets that restricted carbohydrates and other foods that contained, you guessed it, white flour. Exactly what the old boy was talking about 30 years ago. Suddenly everyone had a carbohydrate allergy and was gaining weight. In addition, they all had type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, and all kinds of health issues because of white flour. I started to watch my white flour intake, and I started to lose weight. The stuff I loved as a kid was something that could kill me. The stuff my father said could make me sick was making me sick. Now, recently, I was walking around the backyard wearing a pair of flip-flops. Now, I have a tendency to drag my feet when I walk, primarily because my feet are kind of flat, something that I also inherited from my father. I walked from the shed to a, a concrete walkway and slammed my right foot into an Adirondack chair. I know I broke the middle toe, and well, at least it looked broken. 
The next day, passing through the garage, I stubbed the same toe on a hand weight in the middle of the floor. I got into the car in agony, looked down at my foot, which had the same $3 pair of flip-flops on it, and I could hear my father say to me, Will you please put your slippers on? This isn't the first time I stubbed that toe, but it's the first time it dawned on me that my father knew me because I was just like him. He lived through, already had lived through, the food allergies. He already lived through stubbing his toes. He already lived through many more things than I had ever dreamed of and he was trying to help me. He didn't want me to go through the same agonies that he had gone through, and he didn't want me to get fat or stub my toes. Unfortunately, he just had a strange way of letting me know. I don't think he ever gave me a reason why he did what he did. That's probably why it took me 30 years to figure it out on my own. And if I could ask for something, I would ask that my three daughters learn the reasons why I do what I do quicker than I learned from my father. It was a question that all kids asked, and I ask it all the time. Why do we have to do this? Sometimes by the time that gets figured out, it's too late. So my advice to you is put your slippers on. Have some chicken and broccoli. You'll probably be glad you did. Now that was an essay that I wrote, and it was in a book called Ramblings of a Dinosaur. And it's also a, uh, an essay that I have in uh, a new book that's coming out called Monologues. But here's the point that I want to make. The puzzle pieces haven't all fallen into place yet. I don't care how old you are, you can still learn. The, the pieces of the puzzle are out there. We're waiting. We might be 40, we might be 50, you might be as old as me, and that's close to 70. But the last puzzle piece hasn't fallen into place yet. Life is still in front of you. There's changes that you may need to make. There's things that you may need to just stop doing or start doing, but the bottom line is, if you understand it and you realize that all the pieces aren't there yet, you can improve your life dramatically if you just pay attention. It's not easy. It's hard. But if you want that vibrant life. If you want that life where you're, and it may be, you know, you inherited, you know, anger, or you've observed environmentally people getting angry over small things. Maybe you inherited frustration. Maybe you inherited lack of resiliency. These are all things that environmentally we can, we can end up with just by osmosis. And we have to be aware of it. I was. I learned. I learned. And it's still a struggle for me. But I know the right path 
to take and I know which arrow to follow. My name's Jim Burns. You're listening to Anti-Bullying 101. Thanks for listening, folks. It's a path that oftentimes we don't want to take because it's too hard. But the bottom line is, if in fact there's still pieces of a puzzle that need to fall into place for you and you need to make some changes in order for those puzzle pieces to fit correctly, do yourself a favor. Make the changes and understand that you may not have been given this information earlier when you were a child, but maybe you're getting it now and it's not too late. Change is a step of faith, and if you have to make the change, make it. No matter what it is, no matter what you're unhappy with, no matter what is causing you to have problems in your life, change is always there. Don't wait for the rest of the puzzle to fall into place without making some adjustments that will improve your life that you are aware of and maybe you were told these things by your parents 50 years ago but if you know they're right now stop trying to teach them to your kids do them yourself and your kids will learn by your example that dad is just not too old to learn something new today's Wednesday June 29th 2022. I'm sitting here in New Jersey looking out my window and I see a beautiful day in front of me. A beautiful day. And I hope that you all are experiencing the same beautiful day. And I hope it stays that way for you. And I hope you have many beautiful days. And I hope the puzzle, when it's finally put in place, will have a beautiful portrait of your life. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. I thank you for listening to Anti-Bullying 101.